WBEZ Features is supported by Adler University, educating students to advance socially responsible practice, healthy communities, and a more just society. With degrees in psychology, counseling, public policy, and leadership. Adler.edu. You're listening to WBEZ. Thousands of migrants have been staying in a couple of dozen temporary shelters all across Chicago. Life inside the shelters can be difficult, overcrowded, chaotic, and sometimes dirty. Migrants have an outlet to file complaints. WBEZ obtained documents that detail grievances they have filed against these city-run shelters. Immigration reporter Adriana Cardona-Magigat is here to talk about what she found. Adriana, thanks for coming in. Hey, Melda. So tell us more about these grievance documents and what type of information they offer. Yeah, so migrants in shelters can file anonymous grievances using a QR code system if they have any issues with shelter staff, other residents, the food, the facilities. I filed a public records request to be able to see what migrants are saying. The 500-page document that I got in a PDF file is highly redacted, and the time frame is from June of last year until early January. So that's a lot of information there, but also highly redacted in some parts. What do the grievances say? Well, about 60% of the grievances filed involved staff members working at these shelters. Grievances involving staff include instances when migrants say they were humiliated, treated poorly, insulted with racially charged language, or treated differently for being transgender or part of the LGBTQ community. Uh, Some say their requests for medical referrals were ignored. Others wrote about inappropriate relationships between staff and residents. There are a couple of sexual harassment allegations. One involves a woman who wrote that she was told to show her breasts by staff members when she asked for milk for her baby one evening. She wrote that she felt threatened and ashamed to have done what they had asked. She wrote she cried that night. You know, that's pretty serious, these allegations. What happens in situations like this? In the sexual harassment allegation about the woman asking for milk, uh, that one was recategorized as unprofessional conduct. In the resolution note, another officer wrote that this incident, quote, highlights significant shortcomings in the handling of the resident's request and the subsequent actions of the project manager, end quote. Staffers in some cases are either transferred or removed. Some get what they call counseling on how to speak to people, but there are still ongoing issues based on the data and my conversations with people. And Adriana, the staff at the shelters are hired by the favorite healthcare staffing company, and they're based in Kansas, right? Yeah. Last October, the city renewed a $40 million contract with this company. And city officials and favorite healthcare staffing say they don't tolerate discrimination and that there is a process to investigate and come up with corrective action steps that also includes termination. Adrian, I'm curious, have you had a chance to go into any of these shelters yourself? No, me as a reporter, I'm not allowed in that space. I'm relying on the data and the stories of people who are afraid to file grievances because they fear retaliation. Now, I want to share with you a story I reported where I talked to some of the people affected. Margarita and Rosvelis became friends living in a city shelter on the north side. They have similar stories. 
both traveled here with their families from Venezuela. Margarita is 39 years old. She smiles often but looks tired. She says she was in shock when she first arrived in the shelter with her husband and her daughter. Rosbelis, who is 46, says hundreds of people stay in one open space, no privacy, children everywhere. She traveled with her 11-year-old son. She says after all lights are off at night, it's hard to get some rest. Kids are jumping from bed to bed, lots of people yelling. At these shelters, migrants have to follow rules. They have to get in line to shower along with many other people. They have to eat during the scheduled hours. They can't take up too much space with clothes and other belongings. And they have a curfew. Like other newcomers, Rose Bellis says the most common problem is the way shelter staff treat them. They treat us badly, with hostility, she says. Rosbelis says she's witnessed altercations between staff members and other residents who talk back. It can be frustrating for migrants to rely on staff for an extra glass of milk, medicine or hygiene products. People sometimes can get what they need, but other times feel humiliated and ignored. Some people say they don't have enough diapers for their babies or even menstrual pads. Rosbelis says she got her period recently. She had no money. She had to ask a friend for a pad. She gave three, and after that, used toilet paper. I spoke with a woman named Maria. She and her family stayed in a room at the Chicago Inn with three other families. They moved out in September. Maria and her family try to keep a low profile. But grievances filed by migrants mention racial and other degrading comments from some staff members. She's not surprised. Maria says they call us all kinds of names. They say we're dumb because we don't speak English. Maria, Rosbelis, Margarita, and other migrants say they would rather live in the shelters than be out on the streets. But they question whether staff at these shelters have proper training to deal with people from different cultures. Rosbelli says she's constantly depressed. She cries every single night, hoping for her situation to get better. Adriana, thanks for bringing us those stories of Rosbelis, Maria, and Margarita. You know, they really highlight the continuing frustration of many people. Um, we know that migrants and volunteers and even city council members have long been demanding change. So what can be done to make this kind of difficult and really complicated situation better? 
Well, first, I think there needs to be better coordination between service providers and community-based organizations and those who work in the shelters. Some people say they're still not getting what they need because those who are outside are not being able to go inside and really coordinate with staff about the overall needs of people in these shelters. Adriana Cardona-Magigar is WBEZ's immigration reporter. Thank you for bringing this powerful reporting to us. Thank you, Milva. This is WBEZ.